You're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Have a good day. Sonic Speaks. So we'll get started. That's my mixer. Well, it's not mine, but I have <laughs> one like that. That's a UB- my mixer has ice. For most audio drama fans, you know who that is. In this modern age, there's probably a handful of extremely distinct actors that have been in a number of audio performances in the last 15 years. I'm Jack Ward, and welcome to another season of Sonic Speaks. It's been a while, but as we are part of the new Mutual Audio Network, I'm looking forward to exploring the many different voices in our community. I've been waiting for a good face-to-face conversation with tonight's guest, Last summer, I was invited with a whole raft of East Coast and New England audio drama folk to Steve Schneider's place. I took the ferry over from Yarmouth and got picked up by my old friend, Fred Greenhalgh. We recorded a great interview that somehow got lost, unfortunately, and settled with a bunch of old and new friends at Steve's. One of those old friends was, and still is, the incredible Joe Stofko. So let's tune in to that interview now. I apologize for all the background party sounds, but it was a pretty hopping place, and it makes for a good thick audio bed. So without further ado, my chat with friend and actor, Joe Stofko. I'm here with Joe Stofko in the flesh, and uh, it's so good to, to see you. I mean, well, we've, we've worked together for some years now. I've been an admirer of your work. Joe has done a ton of different acting jobs and various different shows. Well, I don't know about a ton, maybe 100 pounds. <laughs> 100 pounds, that's for sure. I mean, there was there was stuff that you had done with, was it Tansy? Tansy yes. Undercrypt? Yes. I think it's some of the first stuff I heard that you okay. had done. Yeah. Is that some of the first stuff you did as, as radio I think, drama? No, I think the um, uh, the first thing I did was for uh, Misfits. Okay, yes. There was a lot of Misfits stuff in there, yeah. too, as well. Good point, yeah. yeah. And um, and then Tansy, Broken Sea. Right. So And there have been a bunch more, obviously. Uh, uh, Campfire Radio Theater. For and, sure. So. You were a favorite of many different pr- uh, producers, including me. Electrify Kuna well, Thank stuff. you, thank you. But I know that Bill Hallwig loved using your voice for a lot of stuff, too. Yeah. What, what did you do with Bill? There were two major things that I did uh, with Bill, uh, both for Broken Sea, obviously. Mm-hmm. And one of them was uh, The Strange Case of Matthew Hornblower. I think yes. that's what it was called. That was a great show. It's and, actually one of Jeffrey Billard's favorite shows. Yeah. And that's one yeah. of the reasons why he keeps loving to cast you as well. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one, I'm sorry to say that I can't remember the, the name of it, sure. but uh, I played the voice in it. It was uh, oh. it was sort of a spy drama where this person was uh, was being held and I was the voice and wow. this booming, thundering voice about you will comply type thing. <laughs> you know, it was, what got you involved in audio drama? Like. Do you have a love of it from a long time ago? or? Well, yeah, uh, but, but that isn't what pushed me in. I think uh, what happened was I was doing uh, stage production work, and I still do stage work uh, today. Hmm. Uh, I knew, you know, like old-time radio stuff, and I discovered that, wow, you could get on the Internet and you could hear things that were being produced today. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I thought, wow, that's pretty good. And then I found out that, gee, I could audition for some of this stuff. <laughs> and uh, the reason that I did was because I wanted to, I thought of it as a vehicle for furthering character development for stage work. Right. So 
that's so that was my class so so audio drama work uh as i got into it uh was that was my classroom it was for me to work on being able to develop stronger characterizations for the stage audio drama i think that's one of the most strong aspects for an actor is characterization yeah would you agree yes absolutely yeah, yeah. and so did you contact captain john tadrazak then for misfits audio or how did you do your first it, it was either the first one was uh was a strange stories episode and it was it was probably both cap and mike murphy right and that's that was like that was the the springboard that was what uh, I, I think that episode was called "You Are What You Eat." <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was fun. And I played a blowhard uh, uh, officer, a military officer. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> and from there, you must have gotten a lot of requests then from people. I did. That's one of the things that I think I'm most grateful for is the fact that I still do audition from time to time, but many times I'll get an email, in some cases even a phone call, and say, I have something that I have you in mind for. Would you be willing to do it? And that's kind of nice. I, you know, I toot my horn, beep, beep. It's, <laughs> but it's, that's, a, that's a very humbling, really it is. Sure. And, uh, is there any particular uh, thing that you're looking for when you get a role? I know you're, you're happy to help out with me with anything. It's great. And is there things that are like real meaty for you that you're looking for? Not necessarily. I, like you say, I, I'll be offered things that are pretty substantial and I'll be offered things that are, you know, a half a page of dialogue <laughs> and are not even a half a page, you know, maybe just three or four lines. And that's fine. I kind of like do it all. I've been not leery of, but less welcoming with things that are a little bit off the deep end, you know, where there's a, if there's a lot of foul language uh, or uh, anything where a character is being particularly demeaning to another character. Sure. So I don't like to... And there's some drama that, you know, you look at it and the first time you look at it and say, wow, really? Uh, and then you read the script and you say, well, this is pretty good. Okay, yeah, yeah I want to do this. And, and if it's something that I haven't seen before, people that I've worked with before, like you, for example, right. John Ballantyne, yeah. uh, for example. Uh, Campfire uh, Radio Theater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mike Murphy. Yeah. Sure. When, if I'm asked, uh, generally I don't even need to see the script. I'll, I'll say yes. Okay. And there are other times where there's other people that I haven't worked with that much and I don't know them that well. And I'll ask to see the script first. And usually everybody's forthcoming with that. So Right. Let's see. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I'm putting you on the spot for that. But nah. I'm curious as to some of the things that you found really uh, exciting. I did that thing for you, in fact. It was me and an actress out of New York whose mm-hmm. name escapes me right now, Gita Arbor. Right. Yeah. And... Um, that I like that. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, borrowed time. I think is yeah. that one where yeah. you sort of played out of touch, or you lost yeah. from one parallel dimension to another. Yeah, that was a very intriguing story. Yeah, thank you. That was that was a fun yeah. show. You did write that. I did write that. Yes, you did, of course. Yeah. So, and once I knew you wrote it, I said, <laughs> "I'm in." <laughs> <laughs> thank you. No. Yeah, well, that was a very. Uh, I, I love the way it ended because it was very. Uh, the character is very introspective uh, mm-hmm. as he's about to. As things are about to end, and so he's fragmenting of, constantly. Fragmenting yeah, yes, constantly. It's, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm always amazed, and I think X minus one is one of those shows that inspired me when I was a kid because I'm, I'm interested in speculative science fiction. Where are we going with the, with the things that we come up with, and what are some interesting ideas, and what would happen next? So those classic science fiction writers, too, beyond the audio drama, always found it really interesting. Oh yeah, so. yeah. I just did a. I, no, I didn't do it yet. 
it's sitting there. It, uh, it and it's not. And here's another instance where it uh, it's not a big roll. It's uh, it's relatively small, but it's based off. Uh, I believe it's based off an X minus one script, or no, or maybe it's a story by um, great scientific uh, science fiction writer. Uh, and it's not Heinlein, and it's not Asimov. It's Bradbury, maybe Ray Bradbury. Thank you. And I looked at the script, and I and I said, oh yeah, this is great. I want to do this, and and I uh, contacted the producer and forgive me i can't remember who it is i said you know i'm pretty sure that uh, this was uh the story was also adapted for either a twilight zone episode or a um outer limits episode right pretty sure it's quite possible for sure yeah and that's you're about to do that one are you yes yeah so do you do a lot of narration too like do you do audiobooks and i've done audiobooks and i find that um they're interesting they're extremely time-consuming mm-hmm uh, to get an hour's worth of audio uh, that's going to go to the audiobook publisher, you have to obviously put an hour's worth of material and and uh, get that done. And then once you've done that, you have to go through and you've got to fix everything that's wrong with it because there always will be something wrong with it. Sure. And uh, you have to dress it up. You have to fix it up. You have to maybe punch in a line or two that you don't like the way it sounded. And, and that's just your critique of right. it because when it goes to the author for example it may come back and to get that finished a finished hour in an audiobook may take five six hours of, of work right or more and that's uh, the first audiobook I did in doing and I was working full-time at, at the time mm-hmm. so this was just being done in the evenings and on weekends uh, it took me about three months Wow you know Do, have you done many since then or no, no I've done it to... I've done two. Yeah, so you enjoy doing books. the drama side more than yes, because it's side. not because it's not because it's a quick in and out, but because it's a quick in and out. <laughs> I get you. We recorded uh, borrowed time. We got on Skype. Yes, and we practiced it, and then we recorded it. And it was the first time I had a chance to do that because mostly I do stuff in house and the whole bit. Right. Do you have a preferred way of working when you're doing audio drama? Uh, I love to work. Uh, alongside uh, actors and actresses, and obviously that's in in this realm. It's not uh, always a possibility. Um, many times uh, our characters are being developed and recorded uh, uh, in a home studio, and uh, and that's what everybody else is doing too. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why it's great to to say, hey, uh, if you listen to this particular uh, production, you'll hear not only me, but you'll hear actors or actresses from all over the world, which uh, makes it really fascinating in a real way very fascinating the biggest challenge when working in in that way is that as you look at the script you have to perceive the way you believe your scene partner is going to react to a line that you're delivering and if you are good at imagining that and providing several takes of, uh, of of a line in response to the to the person that the other actor that you isn't there in the room with you. Uh, if you're good at that, then then that's terrific. And if you're not so good at that, you listen to the uh, the production at the end and say, "Oh man, I could have I could have delivered that line differently, and it would have sounded so much better." Are you doing a lot of retakes at times, or would you prefer to do retakes if you find out that a line could be done differently? Oh yeah, if sure. Uh, sure. If a producer says, "Hey Joe, would you mind, you know, taking line 45 and line 122 and and recutting for me with a different, yeah, absolutely. Different yeah. take on That's great. Because yeah. as, as, a, as a director, you always wonder how much to push, right? You always wonder how much time. This is something that you do for free 
for the most part. Mm -hmm. You also work, you know, professionally as well. So you always wonder how much am I taking away from this person's time? I, we don't want to remove the fun factor, right. but we also want to be able to get the best performance. And I think you made a good point that if you want to listen to it, you want to hear that you gave your best performance too. It's oh, like yeah. a calling card for you. Yeah, absolutely. And personally, uh, I will never be upset that a, that a producer or a director or a writer would come to me and say, uh, you know, please, can you recut these lines? Oh, absolutely, no problem. In fact, I know that you know, if you see as I deliver the lines to you in an email, I always say, anything you need redone, let me know. Right. So. Speaking of writing, have you done any writing on your own? To yes. Tell me about some of the shows you've written. I've written some concepts. And I've written one show, which I was, my biggest uh, gripe about it is that I'm too involved in it. I wrote it, <laughs> I uh, produced it, I narrated it, <laughs> <laughs> and I portrayed uh, one of the characters. This was adapted from a story, just a plain short science fiction story that I had written probably 15 years ago. And um, I thought to myself, hey, I've got some audio drama work under my belt now, and I'll bet I could do something with that story. So I, so I grabbed that story, and I started working on it. And I said, yeah, this is going to be okay, I think. So, And then I said, well, no, uh, it needs something. It needs something to surround it. It's As a standalone, it's a little bit on the short side. And as a standalone, it kind of needs something. It needs a little little gravy to go with the meat, you know. So, <laughs> so what I so what I did was I, I created a uh, an imaginary place, which is a general store. I pictured it in my mind as being a, a country store in the country somewhere. So that's the way I wrote it. I described the store as a narrator. I described the store, and I described a pot-bellied stove in the store and the the, the shopkeeper and his wife and. And they lived in an apartment up over the store, over the store, and I described the building and all. And the fact that in the back of the store, I said uh, there was a uh, there was a, a room, a room on the left side of the store where merchandise was held to be brought out to the shelves at ever whenever, and uh, on the right side was a room that had a smaller pot-bellied stove in it, wood-burning stove, and uh, a door that led to the outside. And this is where some of the some of the townsfolk, the men, would gather in the evening on a cold winter's night and, and uh, play some chess or some checkers, have some coffee, and tell some outlandish tales. <laughs> so that was the, the lead-in and the wraparound to uh, the story. And it was available on my website, which is no longer—my uh, website's not there anymore, but, but it's still available at Precarious Audio. Oh, good. And it's called um, The Double. Okay. Yeah. Wondrous Stories, the double. Wondrous Stories, the double. What are you looking for for your next big project? Money. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Lots of money. Lots of money, aren't uh, we all? No, that's great. I, I just want to thank you for taking the time to chat and, and talk a little bit. Is there, just to finish us off, mm -hmm. tell us some, for those people who haven't done any audio drama acting, what are, the, like, what are the key things somebody should work on to become a good audio drama actor? Boy, that's a that's a loaded question. I mean, it, it's it's a great question. Let me say, I don't know if I can answer it, but let me say this: I've worked with some very good people, talented people on stage, mm -hmm. and I tried to get a bunch of them together and sit in a situation like we're in right now: multiple microphones, everybody holding a script people that I'd worked with on stage and I had great, a great deal of admiration for as being pretty darn good actors. And when it comes to doing audio drama, 
They're terrible. <laughs> they, they don't transpose the written word well into a, a performance, an acting performance. They, right. And that's hard to do. It's not, you know. And conversely, I've I've uh, I've seen people who do very well, you know, taking words off a page, and emoting and and bringing a character to life. And yet they they're terrible people on stage. Right. They don't do well on stage. It's not necessarily a one for one thing. You're right. It's it's a various different kinds of acting chops. Yeah. I'm sure one could help the other. But you, you certainly have to certainly recognize they're totally different mediums. Yeah, that's true. You asked, what do I want to do next? Yeah. Besides the money part? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we do an awful lot of speculative science fiction and horror stuff. There are treatments of, of uh, stories that have been done before mm-hmm. by some of the great uh, riot science fiction writers. I mean, that seems to be a, the preponderance of what we do is, is that. And I'd like to see—I'm doing for Pete Lutz. I'm doing a Western— Okay. Right. Uh, I'm a character in a multi-chaptered uh, uh, Western thing. Jake I, Dimes, Range it, Detective. That's it, Jake Dimes, <laughs> Range Detective. That's right. <laughs> and I play a rancher, yeah. Okay. And uh, and it's a good show. I say, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. And it's got some comic elements to it, so that's kind of fun, too. I'd like to see more done in the, in the way of drama which was very much like uh, very much like borrowed time even though there was a science fiction element to it sure. but there was a strong drama there and yes. and uh, I'd like to see uh, if you go back and look at OTR all the old time radio stuff there are some westerns mm-hmm. there's a lot of comedy mm-hmm. which is tough yes which is to, I mean Absolutely. you you have to have a gift to write comedy you really I mean a super gift yeah. and and there's drama yeah. and out of all of the things uh, all of the audio drama things that uh, I've been involved with drama is probably the smallest piece it's not a lot of not a lot of drumming not a lot of detective stories uh, not a lot of police dramas Mm -hmm. and uh, and I think you go back to uh, film noir age you know with detectives and uh, or or, um, yeah good old hard-boiled detectives right Nero Wolf and uh, you know Shell Scott I'm not yeah Shell Scott was uh, Richard S. Prather and I read all those books. I was <laughs> for sure. Well, they're fun, right? You know, and that's something else too. I think you wouldn't believe how many books I would go through. Uh, you know, reading a lot, and and they were all they're all paperbacks. I mean, they're all they're all back to the Pulp Fiction stuff. It's uh, which in the paperback uh, business is really nowhere anymore. But mm-hmm. Fawcett Gold Medal and the Penguin books and all. I mean, I. I probably still have boxes up in the attic of, uh, <laughs> of a lot of characters that uh, I used to uh, follow along with. And, and I think that that, I don't know if it, if it did, but I wonder if that had any kind of influence on me for audio drama work. Cool. It might have. Okay. Because when you read a book, you imagine the yes. way things are, the Absolutely. way a line is delivered, the way, you know. For sure. No, I think, I think that's one of the things that's missing in a lot of, is a strong understanding of the story from literature. In yeah. that respect, which brings, like you said, deeper character than you normally get even in a television show or something like yeah. that that comes in. Somebody asked me one time, because you, you asked me too about writing, and although I haven't written a lot of things, but say, how do you how do you write? And Well, how do you write? You, you write things and things seem to write themselves, as you right. know. Absolutely. But one of the things that, that, uh, that I find fascinating to me anyway is that when I do write, uh, which isn't often or often enough. I see everything that I'm writing unfold like I'm watching a movie. Me or, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I tell people I'm as excited to find out what's going to happen yes. to anybody else. <laughs> I'm the first one to first find like, out yeah, how excited. It's, it's like it's like holy crap! I didn't know he was going to do that. That's right. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Dan. I really appreciate it. Do you have anything you want to say about Pete Lutz now? Oh, he didn't. He, come, he so didn't we're gonna yeah, he didn't time. show up. Pete, you should have been here. That's we had right. a great time. That's right. Uh, it was fabulous. Jack and I had a wonderful time. Uh, there was uh, the the dancing girls were pretty, and uh, <laughs> That's right. you know the Viking and, Amazons yeah. <laughs> pirates were were in full swing. <laughs> and we had some. We had some, we had a good time, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be late getting home tonight, but well, that's thank okay. Thank you again. Hey, have thank you. Night. I appreciate it, Jack. You. Thanks. Take care. This has been an Electric Vicuna production.